I just had this in my heart tonight to talk about uh, this this question came up in my heart and I think the answer all over the room would be yes it should be yes and I'll tell you why it should be yes when I finish uh, after I tell you about the question but the question is do you need a fresh beginning in prayer so if you're if you're thinking nah I don't well then you're not thinking right because yes we all need a fresh beginning in prayer and the reason we do is a uh, number one so that we don't fall into ritual or a rut, hallelujah. And you know, sometimes we need a fresh beginning in prayer because we've just been through a big distraction of some kind. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that can cause a big distraction and get you off of your prayer. You maybe, and it just seems like when you've got a really good flow going, then a <laughs> the devil likes to bring a distraction. And that can be anything from, you know, just not feeling well for a couple of weeks or something to, uh, that your child not feeling well for a couple of weeks or just all sorts of things that can be a d distraction and then can get us off course. And then when we, when we get off course, that's when we need a new beginning in prayer. And a lot of times I, I ask the Lord for that. You know, sometimes when I have company and, you know, you think that three or four days wouldn't make a difference, but sometimes it's hard to get back to that especially if you were kind of in a good flow or whatever. Um, or sometimes the reason we need a fresh start in prayer is just because God wants to take us to a higher place in prayer. And that's what I believe about everybody in here is that there's higher places in prayer to go. I know Pastor said to uh, someone recently, and I hadn't thought about it, but he said, we've exhausted this level. He wasn't specifically talking about prayer. He was just talking about walking in the Spirit and where we're at. He said, we've got to move up to another level because we've exhausted this level. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes we've exhausted the level we're at, uh, uh, like, far as far as uh, uh, prayer. And, and we're not, we're getting results, but we're not getting we need to get more results in prayer. We're not being as effective as we did. And then there's other things that we can, sometimes we need to uh, up our giving a little because we've kind of harvested that level about as, and we've got to go up to a, in other words, you can you can stay at the $5 level and so long that you don't even have faith anymore that your $5 that you're sowing is going to do anything. And you've, you've got to up it to get yourself back in faith. And that can be for anything. Uh, you've got to change up prayer sometimes to get yourself back to a place where you're feeling excited about prayer. You're feeling fruitful when you get through. That you're not uh, just uh, going through motions. That you're not just, uh, uh, you know, uh, that you're a happy intercessor, like Benny Johnson's book, being a happy intercessor, not being, a, oh, just praying all the time, but just burdened and all that. And, and uh, you know, if, if you're not happy, if you're depressed and sad, then you're not praying right. And if your prayer life is not exciting to you every day and you don't look forward to prayer, then you need a new beginning in prayer. If you don't look forward to a daily time of prayer, you need a new fresh beginning. You know, the possibilities of prayer are endless. I don't even know. I, I just, you couldn't exhaust them. You could, the, there's so many scriptures in the New Testament about pray and pray this and I pray that. And, and uh, uh, so there's so much the Lord has to show us. Uh, 
about prayer. And so that would be a good place to start is, Lord, just teach me new things about prayer. Show me other ways to pray. Show me new things. Teach me how to pray. Uh, M. Bounds said that prayer is instinctive to man. And that is true. I mean, even the un- unbeliever, the unborn again, uh, there's an instinctiveness inside of us that knows that we are to pray, that we should pray, but that doesn't mean that prayer doesn't need to be developed, and it does. We can grow in prayer just like we can grow in faith. We can uh, mature in prayer. We can, we can, uh, there's so much to learn. There's the, one of the great ways to learn is to pray with, to pray with someone else. Uh, if you turn over to, First, well, I won't have you turn there. Let me just tell you. First Thessalonians 5.23, you know the scripture, and it says, um, I pray, God, uh, my whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. That's how prayer, prayer is not just something that your spirit does. It's not just something your head does. But prayer is something that is takes spirit, soul, and body to be effective in prayer. It's, it, it takes your spirit, man. You can't just pray off the top of your head. It takes, but it takes your mind engaging with your spirit and then your body cooperating. Hallelujah. Cause your body can be a distraction. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just start praying and it'll want to go get an Oreo. It just, that's just, you know, your body will, or your body will say, oh, you're so sleepy. You are so sleepy. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Uh, So the body has to cooperate and get in there. And sometimes you have to make the body get in there and pray with you. Pastor likes to walk and pray. And that's how he, he distracts his body. I tell you that, you know, in the, the, Jews, uh, they, they, what do they call it? They call it shockling, shuckling something. I don't know. You can look it up on the internet, but they rock in prayer. Have you ever seen a, a Jewish man rocking in prayer? Even if they're standing up, they rock in prayer. And one of the things they do that do, one of the reasons I read this was to engage the whole spirit, soul, and body and to engage in prayer. And it, it rocking in prayer distracts the, distracts the body and, and helps the mind to focus. And even like getting in a rocking chair, and I found that to be a very successful way to pray for long periods of time is to, uh, to, to rock in prayer. So you might need to go purchase a rocking chair or something. Uh, hallelujah. But one thing that, you know, some people can lay in the bed and pray, and you might could for about three minutes, most of you, but hallelujah and then it'd all be over in just about three minutes you know usually i can start off quoting some i'll lay down and i'll get ready to go sleep i'll quote healing scriptures you know and uh, (laughs) it don't take long and it'll just put you right to sleep hallelujah you don't need to count sheep just quote scriptures hallelujah um your prayers are super, super important. And I don't think most people realize, you probably do more than most people, but most people don't realize how important their prayers are. Let's go to Philippians 1.19. It's so important that you pray. Not only important to you, important to your family, important to your church, important to your nation. It is just so important. Hallelujah. You will never realize how... Um, a far-reaching and how uh, uh, influential and far-reaching 
prayer is in its influence and its gracious effects. God takes your prayers and he is free to use what you pray. And he's free. You know, you pray in the spirit, your, your mind's unfruitful, but God can take those prayers and he can use them anywhere he needs them, all over the earth, all over this nation. Hallelujah. You know, somebody comes up to me and says, I just want to thank y'all for praying. And I didn't pray uh, for them. But I always just say, you're welcome, because I pray in the Spirit, and hallelujah. If they think I prayed for them, I probably did, because I'm praying in the Spirit all the time. Hallelujah. And you are too. And so your prayers are far-reaching. They're very important. Philippians 1.19 says, uh, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. When we pray, we we provide a supply of the Spirit. We uh, a supply of the Spirit, and sometimes I like to pray that way. I'll say, I send a supply of the Spirit of wisdom to our government, to the leaders in Washington. You know, the Bible says if they don't receive it, it'll bounce back on you. And I think that's why I'm I'm getting smart, y'all. I don't think they're receiving it very well up there sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Y'all go ahead and be free tonight. And hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. No, but if you, you, you can send a supply of the Spirit by your prayers. And that's what people need. People need your prayers. There, sometimes, you know, we want to help people, and there's just nothing in the natural we can do. In fact, there, most times there's very little we can do uh, in the natural to help people. But we can always pray. Um, I want us to offer up a prayer right now. I want you to pray this prayer. I'm going to pray this prayer. We're going to pray right now for God to deliver us from prayer traditions that are unfruitful. Would y'all be willing to pray that prayer with me tonight? And so we just do, Father. And you whisper it under your breath. But Father, deliver us from traditions that we've picked up from people, from family, uh, Father, things we've read but that are unfruitful, that are just traditions of men. Lord, show us, deliver us, and change us in the way that we pray so that we always pray fruitful prayers. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we now let's ask him to do this. God, heal the rebellious places in us. Remove traditionalism, which clutters our prayer habits. Hallelujah. Lord, all traditionalism, all rebellion in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, you know, uh, all of us uh, you, um, in our flesh... There is rebellion. Until we deal with it, we cast it down, we get healed of it, or whatever. You know that's true, because all you have to do is watch a little baby. They don't have to get very old, do they, before you can you can see that rebellion. And it'll just flat out manifest in <laughs> hallelujah and um, praise God. We're not going to deal with that tonight, but there's a lot sometimes that people go through their childhood, their high school years, their college years, and they've never dealt with the rebellion that's inside of them. And God wants to, if we're going to be effective as prayers, we have to be 
And we're going to learn from God, be easy persuaded to believe, be quick to change, quick to take hold of things. We have to be rid of all the rebellion in our lives. And that will be an ongoing process. Hallelujah. Um, Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 5 and look there. We're going to get into something specific in just a minute, but I'm kind of just leading up to that. Hebrews 5, 7. I want you to know... uh, some things about prayer that we don't often see in the word. This is talking about Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Listen to that. I like that part. It says Jesus was heard. And if you look in other translations, it says Jesus was heard because of his reverent submission. Hallelujah. Now, would y'all believe that Jesus didn't have any rebellion? So he was heard because of he feared or he had reverent uh, submission to God. And he says he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. Hallelujah. Our prayers we've learned in James are supposed to be passionate. They're supposed to be fervent. In order to be effectual, they have to be fervent. And so there ought to be times when we are moved either with strong crying, with tears, and 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 out of and because of our reverence for God and our submission, He hears us. Hallelujah! It's easy to pray a prayer, but it's harder to have a prayer life. And that's what we want to talk about tonight: is having a prayer life. That's something that uh, I'm not saying that you can never miss a day, but your prayer life should be daily. Hallelujah. It should be daily, and there might be parts of things that you miss during the day. But there should never be a day that we don't go to Father and ask Him for uh, for what we need and what what is uh, for what He's leading us to pray for. Uh, I'm hoping to make your personal prayer life a little easier tonight, and you may already have it. May already be you may say, Miss Debbie, it's already really easy. Well. Um, Hallelujah. Don't just pray for all the rest of us then. Because I don't know, I have days that it's just, whoo, this is this is awesome. And then I have days that it feels like I'm pushing a, a Mack truck or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know none of y'all are like that, but I am sometimes. Uh, so we have to ask ourselves concerning our personal prayer life is where do you we start? Which way do we go? What is its most important? And what does God want from me in prayer? Because we want to make sure that we are praying what God, the way He wants us to pray. Not just, um, you know, kind of making it up on our own. Now, I personally, back in uh, 1984, we had been pastoring probably a year and a half, about a year and a half in Seminole. And uh, I really didn't know how to pray. Although I was all, since the time we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I was praying at it. You know, I was trying to pray. I was trying to pray daily. I was praying best I could. and uh, But I really didn't know what I was doing or didn't ever really know if I was doing it right. And so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, 
I prayed at the first year of 1984, Lord, would you teach me to pray? And I want to give you tonight where God started me. And this is what I always come back to. I, I mean, in some form or another, this is the track that I've stayed on all these years. And it really does help me. And so I'm going to give it to you tonight. And it's over in Matthew 6, verse 9. And you can guess what it is. But I want to expound on it a little bit. In Matthew 6, 9, we find the Lord's Prayer or what we call the Lord's Prayer. And his disciples, Jesus' disciples, ask him the very same thing, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is what he sent. God sent it to me in the form of uh, Larry Lee, who was pastor at Rock Church in somewhere close to Dallas, Rockwall, Texas. He put out a series called uh, Could You Not Tarry One Hour? And uh, so somehow I got a hold of that tape series. I uh, listened to it, and it changed my life where prayer was concerned. Helped me a bunch. Taught me the principles of prayer and the principles of what God wants from us, what He's looking for us when we go to pray, when we set aside that time, whether it be in the morning. You know, I, I think morning's best for me. I find that I don't get anything done in the evening. For I mean, I do, but I don't get, I'm not as fruitful in the evening. The afternoon, and the later the morning goes, but if the best time for me is morning. But I am of the persuasion that somebody's got to get the night watches. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so if that's you, where you, it's got to be a good time for you, though. It's got to be somewhere where you can focus, you can uh, be have some time alone. It might not have to be. I'm not saying it even has to be an hour. Uh, I hope some days we could get an hour, but some days, I, as a lot of days, I get a lot more than an hour. But I don't pretend for the people that are working seven to five or eight to five or seven to eleven or whatever they're working that they can do it just like I can do it. But I believe that there's always a way for every Christian to find that place of prayer. And it has to vary. If you've got a newborn baby, you're not going to be praying. You know, it's it's wrong for you to be up two hours from two to four and you to have to pray at six in the morning. That's just wrong, you know. Uh, God is not, He's merciful. Hallelujah. And He knows you need some sleep. You need to you, we need to rest. He put us on a biological clock that says you're, and everybody knows how much rest they need. I used to need nine hours. Now I don't need nine hours. You, now I can get by with six or seven. And I can get by with five for two or three days, and then there's going to be this big crash. Y'all are going to, and, and one afternoon I'm just going to pass out, and y'all aren't going to see me. Uh, but, I don't need the sleep I used to, but you know what you need, what ha what you have to have to function and to be healthy. If you don't get enough rest, you are not going to have a strong immune system. I'll just tell you, and that's just the truth. If you've got to get enough rest to have your immune system strong, and uh, uh, hallelujah. So we'll just leave it at that and y'all can figure out when and what and where but uh when you pray 
We need to get something done in prayer. So Matthew 6, verse 9, the Lord's Prayer, we'll read it all. He said, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, I don't think it takes rocket science to figure out that God was not telling them, y'all just say that little prayer every day and then take off on your way. That'll be enough. No, he was not giving them a prayer to pray, but he was giving them a guideline of, of how prayer should progress and what should be included in your prayer times. Uh, you can go on the Internet, because I did look, and just type in prayer plan, and there's all sorts of people that have created things. Man, I tell you what, it was six or so pages long. Lifeway has a plan that, you know, you can pray prayer plan and all that. But I tell you what, why would we go get a plan from Lifeway Bookstore when Jesus <laughs> gave us a plan right here? We don't need something a man thought up or a man made up. And I found that if I try to pray, well, you know, they'll say, well, on Monday, pray for Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. And on Tuesday, pray for, and it's like, boy, you talk about dead. You, if you, the, the fastest way to get a dead prayer life is start to follow something like that and, or to uh, even make your own list of all the stuff oh, and get you a three or four page list of all the people you need to pray for and the nations you're going to pray for. You will kill your prayer life. It will not. And besides all that, you won't even be praying what the Holy Ghost is leading you to pray. I, won't, I believe in Holy Ghost-led prayer. Prayer, Holy Ghost inspired prayer within these boundaries. And of course, we know that Jesus taught them this. He did not tell them to pray in the name of Jesus. This is the first time they even knew to pray to the Father. They did not know to, to address the Father until Jesus gave them this prayer. Later in John, he told them, Now, after I am resurrected, from then on, you'll pray to the Father in my name. You will pray in my name. So now we pray in his name, but that doesn't Take away anything from the principles or guidelines uh, of this prayer. So the first thing we recognize is our God. God is our Father. 2 Corinthians 6.18, he said, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons. He is our Father. Hallelujah. The second thing he says in that in, in there is hallowed be thy name. And let me give you something about that. The word hallowed means holy. Holy is thy name. The Phillips translation says, may your name be honored. So this is where we begin our prayer time. We begin by praising and glorifying and honoring his name and because that is what we were created for. Hallelujah. Now the Lord spoke to me and he said, Tell y'all, don't be in such a hurry to get to the prayer part. I find that even sometimes in pre-service prayer that we'll be praising God, but people are in a hurry to start, quit praising God and start praying in tongues. Sometimes I even get in a hurry, but some I really feel it like we'll praise God for a few minutes. People start shutting down on me and want to get to the prayer part. But the Lord says, don't be in such a hurry to get to the praying part. He can do more in your praise part sometimes than he can do in your praying part. And so... uh 
it's okay with God if you stay in the hallowed be thy name part for a long time. Hey, if you went your whole prayer time in the worshiping, praising God part, hallelujah. You'd probably get a better breakthrough than you. Hallelujah. Now, when I'm praying, uh, after I finish praising, I, I mix tongues because I'm endeavoring to be led by the Spirit. And some things we just don't know what to pray certain parts of things. So I mix tongues in with English. And so uh, I believe that's what we're supposed to do. I believe that's, uh, you know, it just comes naturally to me. So the next thing is thy kingdom come. Our first priority is the advancement of the kingdom of God. My, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the first thing we want to pray about is the kingdom of God and the advancement of the kingdom of God. Now, you can get all mixed up about this, but I like what Bill Johnson says. It's the, um, the kingdom is both here and it is coming. There are scriptures tell that, the kingdom of God is here, or the kingdom of God is within you. All of that is true. We're born again. The kingdom of God is in us. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus came. He brought the kingdom. But the kingdom of God is both here and it's advancing. If the total kingdom was already here, it wouldn't look like this. It looks out there. So we need the kingdom of God to be increased, to advance, to grow, to be multiplied. Uh, hallelujah. And to be revealed. Hallelujah. We don't even understand uh, everything about the kingdom of God. So it's progressively advancing. It's like that scripture in Proverbs where it says uh, that um, the, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter until the full light of day. We hadn't got to the full light of day yet, but we need to pray uh, the kingdom uh, to be advancing. And we can do that, Father, just by, Father, I just pray that the kingdom of God just go forth in Tuscaloosa County, that your word is not bound, and Father, that that the, the a revelation of Jesus just, just goes throughout the county, and Father, that you are just manifesting yourself to people, and people are seeing you, and understanding you, and having experiences with you. That's praying about the advancement of the kingdom of God. And there's not just one way to do it. You can, you will have to be led by the Spirit in how to pray that. But that is something uh, uh, the Lord wants us to pray about. Hallelujah. More light, more labors in the harvest. So we pray first for the kingdom of God. And then we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now this is the place where we're going to begin to supplicate and we're going to begin to lift up people, uh, governments, and so forth. Supplication means that we are asking. Um, God's will, you can always know God's will, because God's will is heaven on earth. So there's, if this, this just... This just makes it where there's no question about what God's will is. There are very few situations you could come into where you can't find the will of God by either this God's will it, it, God's will is on earth as it is in heaven or John 10:10 10, 10, where it says that uh, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly the thief cometh not but for to kill steal and destroy 
we can discern the will of God. If it steals, kills, and destroys, it's not God. If it brings life and life more abundantly. So you can pretty much get where you know about the will of God about most situations without even seeking God or having to have the answer just by those two answers. So First Timothy 2, 1 and 2. Now, you know, uh, you know this about the Bible. I don't have to tell you this, but you got to pretty much read the whole Bible to find the whole counsel of God. I mean, because he put clues about things here, and then he'd put one over here, and they'd put one in this book, and then there's another one in that book. And when you put it all together, you can see the plan of God. You can see how, you can see the prayer plan too. And if you go over to 1 Timothy chapter 2, Y'all know this. This is not new. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, and intercessions, all three of those, that's not three words that all mean the same thing. That's three different kinds of prayer. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks, actually four kinds of prayer, be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So under your uh, thy will, thy kingdom come, uh, thy, thy will be done. The thy will be done part. The first thing, and sometimes this is hard to do. I know I used to struggle with this more, but, and I'm saying, hey, listen, if you forget and you go to number one, then all of a sudden you remember you need to pray for leaders and those in authority. We're not under bondage. We're not under legalism. But this should be top and high on our list. He said, first of all, to pray for these things. I think he said do it first because he knew he'd never get to it if we put it last. Uh, because by the time we get through with our own requests and our children and our relatives and, and, I, and you know, whatever, well, we would never get to the, and sometimes also we feel so uh, inadequate when it comes to praying for governments and presidents and nations, and uh, we feel inadequate in those things. We feel uh, uh, like a drop in the bucket when there's so many problems. How could we have any effect? But we never know how effective and how far-reaching and how influencing our prayers are and how the God uses the Holy Ghost to put prayers together, my prayer and your prayer, and somebody in uh, Des Moines, Iowa's prayers get put together to make the whole, to cause something to happen and something to change. Hallelujah. So we need to have faith in what God said to do and have faith in our own prayers. And so we pray for those in authority, for leaders, presidents, kings, judges, governors, um, all those in government, local government, state government. Now that's a lot. So I would say, here's your time to start being led by the Spirit. You know, I always start with Washington, but then I go from there. And there might be days that I pray for the, and I don't, I just pray for the sheriff's department. I pray for the governor of Alabama, but I don't pray for each one personally every day. I pray for leaders and those in authority, and then I start to pray for the CIA, the FBI. God uncover things for them, show them things that they, you know, don't let anything be hidden from their eyes. Uncover terrorist plots, you know, and go through uh, go through all of those things and. Um, Hallelujah.
our, our, our sheriffs, our police, our hallelujah. And then going on from there, I go to spiritual authority, to the pastor. You need to lift up the pastor. I don't know two things you can pray for him. You may be led by the Spirit, but he always needs wisdom, and he always needs a door of utterance. Uh, 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 the door of utterance is not just a new place to preach, but it's, also, it's a place in the Spirit. We can go further in the Spirit in preaching so that we get understanding in things that and clarity on things that we have not had before and of course for his health and well-being protection all those kind of things um, right place right time divine connections uh, there's a lot of things that make a church go and uh, hallelujah those are things that we can pray for and then your spouse Hallelujah. After you've prayed for those in authority, uh, your spouse, whether it be the husband, the wife, um, I pray for pastor. I plead the blood of Jesus over him. I pray for protection. I pray for wisdom. You, Your spouse needs all of those things. For years, I prayed Psalm 112 for my husband. That's a good thing to pray for husbands. Psalm 112. Proverbs 31 is a good thing to pray for your wife. It'll straighten her out, I'm telling you. If she needs straightening out, it'll straighten her out. Glory to God. It's a good thing to pray for yourself. And you need to pray for yourself. Hallelujah. And your children. Praise God. I had a little prayer that I prayed for years over Colin and Eric. And I think it's in the back of my Victorious Children book. I prayed that when they were young. Now I plead the blood of Jesus every day over Colin, Chris, Carter, Caitlin, Eric, Anita, Andrew, and Laura Beth. Hallelujah. And then I go on you know, from there and pray different things for different ones of them. Hallelujah. As I feel led and as the Holy Spirit. Uh, hallelujah. Um, the church family. I River Church, I plead the blood over all of y'all. I plead the blood over all of our property every day. You know, and um, and I mean most days, 99% of the days. I mean, and then and I'll pray for all those that are connected uh, to us by faith and by blood. And uh, that's, uh, and then, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, and so when I pray for all those that are connected to us by faith, and I plead the blood over them, that covers, you know, all sorts of churches, ministers that are connected to us, other churches in this town, other churches in other towns. And I pray for those that way. And then if someone stands out in my mind, in my heart, I pray for them more specifically. Uh, but that's how, you know, I pray. And sometimes I read Psalm 91 over all of us. Sometimes I read Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, or any of, there's several prayers in Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and all of those. And so uh, the body of Christ, anytime you lift up the body of Christ, you are praying for other churches. It's like, well, we need to pray for other churches. If you pray for the body of Christ, you are praying for other churches. You don't have to, unless the Lord specifically tells you, now pray for the Nazarenes over here and pray for them. Hallelujah. You speak blessings out there. Pray for your extended family. Now, you may not do this. In ex I'm not telling you this is the exact order except for the first one, you know. But your extended family, however much you feel led. Um, um, praise God. I don't know what to say about that, but I got a lot of cousins and stuff that, you know, 
that's just not my prayer responsibility. I'm sorry. I mean, you cannot pray for everybody on the face of the earth. And so you've got to find out from God just by the leading of your heart who there may be a cousin that's your prayer responsibility. But, you know, it gets out there pretty far. My great-grandmother had 13 children. You start multiplying that out, and you just can't pray for all those folks. Somebody else is going to have to take responsibility for them. Uh, you know, First Thessalonians 1, 2, Paul said, I made mention of you in my prayers. And so that's some people just fall under the make mention. They're in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. You're praying in tongues if God wants to put them in your prayer. But one thing we don't do is just say, God bless. If you're going to pray, don't just do God bless them and God bless them and God bless them. Pray something specific. Pray Ephesians 1, pray Ephesians 3. If you're going to pray for them, then pray for them. Gives God something to work with besides just God bless them. And then if you're not, if, you, if they're not your responsibility, but, you know, I'm, I am your responsibility. I do. <laughs> I know my grandmother, I've told this before, but I still laugh every time I think about it. But she had this friend named Hut, Hut Hudson. And my grandmother had a ton of friends, though. And so he called her up one day and he said, well, you know, he had a situation. And he said, now I want you to pray for me. She said, I will. He said, no, I mean, I want you to pray for me. And don't be lumping me in with a lot of other people either. So, <laughs> hallelujah. So, um. Hallelujah. Don't be just lumping me and pastor in with the body of Christ, okay? We're just we're just telling you. And you know, you can pray for your city, your county and your state. You, uh, hallelujah. You can't get all of this done every day. You have to be led by the spirit of what and there'll be days today about a month ago it, it I did it, but today I was just like all the schools in Tuscaloosa County and all the churches and just protection. That's mostly what I was praying for was protection. Not, uh, you know, listen, I look at it like this. If they're not, if, yeah, we do need to lift each other up. But if they, if they got 200 people over there and they can't figure out how to pray for their own needs, for their own advancement, for their own, then they got a problem. It's not wrong to focus on your church is what I'm trying to say. Some people like feel so guilty if they don't just include the whole world and hallelujah. That's going back. God's wiping that tradition out of you and cleaning all of that out. Glory to God. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the Bible says in uh, Acts, 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 this is extra, but this has to do this. This help you with prayer. Acts 4, when, um, um, let's see, um, Peter and John were in jail. They got thrown in jail. And in Acts 4, 23, it says, And being let go, they went to their own company. They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. We're to have our own company, and we're supposed to pray for our own company. And, you know, sometimes people call, and they're like, well, Pastor West, Pastor West we've been with him, so Pastor Billings, uh, I need a 
could I need some groceries? And the pastor will say, well, where do you go to church? And that well, I just go to all churches. Well, you need your own company. When you're out of groceries and you have your own company, you probably won't even have to ask. Somebody will hear in the Spirit and give you. But if you did have to ask, there'd be people there. Hallelujah. So uh, that's what we pray for. Then we pray for weather. And, you know, we get out. Uh, we if, there's, if you look at the forecast and it's sunny, unless you're praying for, already praying for a tornado season, which comes in April, which go ahead and bind that up and take authority over it and just say no now. Well, then, you know, so the, all of that's going to fall under thy will be, thy, thy kingdom, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's going to fall there. Then we're going to move on to give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah. Now, by the time you may, by the time you got down to this part, you may be like, I got to go. I got to go to work. And so you're in the car. You may be giving us this day our daily bread on the way to work. And that'd be okay, too. Under this topic, give us this day our daily bread. First of all, would fall food. But food's just a bigger, a little word that encompasses all provision. All provision can fall under. Lord, give us. He said to pray daily for provision. I wonder if we wouldn't have more success if we didn't practice that. Praying daily for provision not just for that day, but 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 actually praying about our financial needs, our uh, the things that we need just for life uh, under this. And this would also include finances, of course, clothing and shelter. But also daily bread is spiritual food. We know that the scripture says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So bread is our spiritual food also. We ought to be praying about our spiritual food and that God would feed us and that God would show us uh, new things from his word. Psalm 119 talks about uh, how the word, that he gives us things from his word. Um and then we know that healing is the children's bread. So under give us this day our daily bread, we could be lifting up healing. Now, I do this, like I said, when I wake up in the morning sometimes or when I'm going to sleep at night, I am talking about the daily bread of healing and health to the Lord and quoting healing scriptures. Uh, it's good to read healing scriptures, not just quote them. Because Proverbs 4, verse 20 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy sight. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. So it's the ear gates, the eye gates, and the heart that we need to have the word of God in. It's not enough just to quote scripture. But it is good to quote scripture. And when you first get in the bed at night and you're... Just laying there, just getting all cozy and getting your fixed all right. Get the ear covered up. Got to have that ear. Whatever you have to do. I know y'all all have to, just like a little puppy has to make the little bed. We all have to make our bed. That's when you can be saying healing scriptures. You can just quietly, under your breath, be who his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Thank you, Lord, that by his stripes we were healed. And uh, you just got to make this work. You just have to have a heart for daily prayer and make it work because there's going to be mornings when I know the better the flow I'm in, 
I, uh, the mornings I have to be somewhere. And I've got a, a boy, I've got to leave the house at 11 o'clock because I've got an appointment. I've got to go. That's the morning I get in the best flow. And man, I am just in, I am just in that sweet spot of prayer and I've got to go. Now you give me all morning, that'd be the morning that I'm like, oh, can't get going. You know, hallelujah. Uh, praise God. I always ask the Holy Ghost to help me. Hallelujah. So we pray about our daily bread and we give thanks petitioning and thanksgiving and then forgive us our debts as as we forgive our debtors or or some versions say forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us it depends on which bible you've got hallelujah um doesn't matter forgive and ask for forgiveness this is your daily cleansing time you know i believe in repentance I believe that you're supposed to repent. I don't I I know that if you understand spirit, soul and body, then it's easier done it's easy to understand that your spirit is clean, your spirit is sealed, your spirit is per, it's per perfect and you know uh, Pastor Buzzy said uh, talking about the new creation the man you the man you are now has never sinned now people get all been out of shape about that but you have to understand he's talking about the spirit man he's not talking about the flesh he's not talking about uh, the soul and so but because of the soul and the flesh i i totally believe that we need to repent ask god to forgive us we need the restoration restored to our soul and our body Otherwise, we're going to be walking under the condemnation of sin. We're going to have a lot of clutter. Whether you even are thinking about it or not, it'll be there. Repentance is very freeing. We're called to walk in freedom. Repentance cleanses us from pride. And forgiving others is how we walk the love walk, which is the Christian life. So it's good to take time every day to forgive others every day. Don't wait a month and think, okay, Lord, do I need to forgive anybody? But if we look at it every day, you know, if you go out and weed your garden every day when they're just about that high, it's real easy to get those little boogers up. It really is. But you just wait. And I'm telling you, now I don't know about in Alabama, I'm sure, I know they've got some pretty tough stuff here, but in West Texas, you could get a careless weed and it'd have a root on it that long and that thing would be that big around. I'm telling you, you couldn't chop it down. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's the truth. And uh, that's how things can get in our lives where they're, but if we do that on a daily basis where we forgive and we just don't let things go, we don't let things uh, get a stronghold inside of us. And if we uh, seek God for forgiveness, about little things and little sins. How many people would be free now if they made a wrong choice, if that day, that very night, or that next morning, they repented and said, Lord, I, I just, you know, because see, our, our heart's still tender when it's just one little thing that we've missed it on or said something, or even if we've, you know, did something that we're really not proud of, uh, but sometimes people wait 
until it's become a habit or it's become a... But if every day we're saying, Lord, you know, show me where I'm wrong. Uh, show me where I've missed it. And I want to repent. I want to be cleansed. I want to be clean. Knowing all the time that we are clean in our spirit, man. You know, it seems like if somebody, if people are either in one ditch of the other. They're either over here and they're walking under condemnation and you're going to go to hell if you don't repent. That's one ditch over here. Or they're so far over in grace, you don't even need to repent. You don't ever even have to say you're sorry. Well, hallelujah. I don't believe that. Number one, because uh, remember that scripture? Let's go over to James. We're winding down, but let's go over to James chapter 5. And I just ask you. You know, a lot of people will say, well, First John 1, 9, where it says to repent. Uh, uh, if you sin, to repent, he cleanses you from all unrighteousness and all that. They'll say, well, now that's for the unbeliever. I don't believe that, but they say that. Or some people say, well, you know, you go to hell if you don't repent of every sin. Well, you couldn't repent of every sin if you wanted to, number one, because you couldn't, nobody would even be able to know really all the times we've missed it in the love walk, all the times we've, uh, you know, there's just impossible to know that. So that's another, that's a ditch that we get in. But if the Lord never intended us to have to repent, and I'm going to just prove that wrong right here. Here's, you'll, you'll know. Then he wouldn't have put in James chapter 16, chapter 5 verse 16 confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed because why in the world would we have to confess our faults to another human being to be healed if we don't have to repent to God in 1 John 1 9 I mean that doesn't even make sense does it so if he told us to repent to others and then, then 1 John 1, 9, where it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. Hallelujah. Our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. We know He's talking to Christians because of verse 7. For if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all his sins. He's talking to us. And so this is a good thing to do. And you know, this doesn't, I, it's taken me longer to preach it than it's going to take you to do it. It doesn't take long to do these things. I want my soul to be clean. I want my body to be clean. I don't want to be having a clean spirit and a filthy soul. <laughs> that reminds me of a movie or something. I think it was Home Alone or something. Uh, Angels with Filthy Souls or something. Y'all remember that in that movie? Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> so why, my question to people is, why wouldn't you want to repent? Anyway, and then lead us not into temptation. I think this is so important. We give very little attention to this in the body of Christ. But that word in the Cotton Patch translation, lead us not into temptation, is lead us not, deliver us from confusion and keep us calm. Is what it says in the Cotton Patch. Deliver us from confusion and keep us calm. Lord, lead me not into temptation. It's not talking about the, uh, the Lord doesn't lead us into temptation. But we are asking Him to, to He leads us in paths of righteousness. That we not get 
uh, drawn over into places of temptation. Lord, guard me from temptation. Steer me around temptation. You know, it's first of all, we got to be humbled enough to know that we could be tempted. All of us could be tempted. And the devil knows where your weak spot is, where your soft spot is. Um, um, we want to be delivered uh, from all temptation, deliver us from evil, deliver us from the evil one. He's promised to do that. He said it. Do he's done it. He's translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. But I tell you what, God will lead you around where the uh, the wicked the wicked are that would tempt you, try to draw you off. And boy, we need that. We need to be steered around temptation. Uh, Peter, uh, Jesus said to Peter, he said, uh, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith not fail. So if Jesus had to pray for Peter that his faith not fail, it makes sense that we should pray for ourselves uh, because the devil, Peter then turned around and told us that, that the devil was going around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Peter knew that firsthand because he had had that experience. But Jesus prayed for him that his faith would not fail. And even though he messed up and he made a mistake and denied the Lord, he came back and he was, his faith did not fail. He, he, he got back, he got back in to the right place. And so makes sense to me that we should be praying for our children, that they not be led into temptation, but they be steered around uh, temptation. Praying for ourselves that. Praying for our spouses, that very thing. And anybody else that God puts on your heart in that way. Uh, and then thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And when we get to that point, we've come full circle. And this is we're ending our prayer time by magnifying and glorifying Almighty God. Hallelujah. Now, we're at the end. I did say, and I say again, uh, for most of you, unless you do have all morning to pray, and uh, you probably, there will be some of them that will be a daily constant for you. There will be, uh, you know, your spouse, there will be some of them that are daily for you. There will be some that you may not hit the sheriff's department every day but you will you will if you're led by the spirit god will get it there and i'll tell you what if we're all led by the spirit it'll all be covered all the time every day when something doesn't get covered it's usually because there's not enough people praying to cover everything all the time all the way so we're endeavoring to just cover our city we're taking responsibility for Tuscaloosa County. Our families, our spouses, our children, our city, our church. Hallelujah. Boy, if we get that done, we'll have done a lot. Amen. Praise God. We can, The Lord will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, if we just get that done. And you know, maybe we didn't get every church and their spiritual condition prayed for. But hallelujah, if if God used our prayers to keep everybody in Tuscaloosa County safe, that would be a lot. That would be a lot. And so, hallelujah. And then there's other churches, hallelujah, that are praying. They know, there's lots of churches know just as much about prayer as we know. Some of them probably know more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
So let's uh, let's 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 have a new beginning. I pray right now, Father, that for every one of us in here, Lord, that if we've been stalemated in prayer, if we've been stagnant, if we've been just not that inspired, that every one of us get a new beginning wherever we need it, however we need it. And Lord, those that have been overly burdened by prayer and uh, that, that Lord, you would set them free tonight, that this is not a, that, that, that we're not, we're not to come under a condemnation for not praying but we're to just but we're to be inspired and lifted up and and full of the holy ghost to pray so lord change our perspectives and we give you praise and honor and glory for it bless each person here with a with a new vision for prayer a fresh anointing to pray in jesus name amen